0: What if one of the world's most prevalent diseases could be eased by a dip in the hot tub? Right now, research is underway here in Portsmouth to find out how type 2 diabetes could be tackled by subjecting the body to extreme environments. This is Life Solved, the research podcast from the University of Portsmouth. In this series, we're exploring how breakthroughs here are changing our world today and in the future. This time, we explore how extreme environments could be used to tackle diabetes and the obesity crisis. Today, we meet Dr Ant Shepherd, a clinical exercise physiologist based in the School of Sport, Health and Exercise Science at the University of Portsmouth. He's heading up a series of trials that could positively impact the lives of millions of people. We had a bunch of Americans wanting to fly themselves over to take part in
1: the study, put themselves up in hotels and fly themselves back. The the interest
0: that come from these sorts of trials have been vast. By harnessing the effects of altitude and temperature using world-leading techniques, Ant hopes his findings help patients dramatically improve their quality of life in ways that might surprise you. Let's find out more. Unless you're directly affected by diabetes, whether it's you or a close family member, it's probably not a disease you've given much thought to. Unfortunately, diabetes is something that is set to affect many more of us over the coming decades. So, let's start with the basics. Diabetes, type 1
1: and type 2. Type 1 is usually caused by an autoimmune disease, so your own body will attack the beta cells which are inside the pancreas, which secrete insulin. So, as usually happens in utero. You can get diagnosed with it later in life. And type 2 diabetes is predominantly, but not solely, caused by a poor lifestyle. So lack of physical activity and excess calorie intake. So usually it's linked to you being overweight. That's about 90% of the time. 10% of the time it's still caused by genetics and it's just bad luck that you've got it.
0: Ant's been looking at how lifestyle factors can play a role in helping sufferers of type 2 diabetes tackle the condition. Something beneficial to human health, but also to the public pocket. You might be surprised to hear by how much the number of people living with this type of diabetes will increase over the next 20 years or so. Stand by for some sobering figures, medically and financially.
1: Worldwide, there's currently 422 million with type 2 diabetes and it's expected to reach 700 million people by 2045. What that means for the UK is currently it costs us taxpayers about £23 billion in terms of public funding. And by 2035, that's just going to be just shy of 40 billion. These numbers were before we took into the fact that we've got this massive inflation coming. So those numbers are going to drastically be higher than what's been predicted. There's a massive economic burden. So my research aims to essentially look at how we can reduce the
0: burden for us all. Ant's passion for working with type 2 diabetes started in the lab, with some experiments that wouldn't look entirely out of place in a scary Hollywood movie. But he wanted to step outside of the laboratory and help real, live humans, as he explains.
1: We'd take muscle biopsies from healthy, young people, and we would grow their muscles in bottles and labs, and you could just see these muscles building, growing, and we'd do experiments on them. And so we'd expose them to different concentrations of glucose and look at the response to insulin and how desensitised they become to the hormone. And from there, my passion just grew. And the first study I ever actually published as an academic was looking at the effect of giving healthy young people a couple of drinks a day. So we gave them leucoside twice a day, for four weeks, and just looked at their response. So we took, essentially, a bunch of healthy people, looked at glucose, and they were moving towards becoming type 2 diabetic or having type 2 diabetes. But then I realised I wasn't so interested in working with cells and wanted to start working with people, so then
0: did my PhD working in that area. Aligned with Ant's interest in how the human body behaves in relation to glucose is its reaction to extreme environments. By extreme environments, we mean those of heat and cold, for example. That's where Portsmouth presented Ant with a unique opportunity.
1: And hot tubs. When I moved to Portsmouth, my focus shifted more towards extreme environments. And For those that don't know, University of Portsmouth, especially the school that I work in, are world well famous for their extreme environments laboratory. And there's a quite a nice niche there where people aren't really looking at the effects of extreme environments in people who have chronic diseases and how it may be therapeutic. So I use stressors. So as humans and mammals now, we live in very climate controlled environments. You put your heating on when you're cold, you've got access to clothes, hopefully you've got access to heating, but we can stay fairly controlled, but your body isn't being exposed to extremes anymore. You're not cold. You're not outside in a cave anymore, right? Come a long way in the last few hundred years, right? So the body is less stressed to these environments. So my research looks at if we can take you in a safe environment and we can warm you up, we can cool you down, or we can put you at altitude, how can that benefit your physiology? So we've got studies at the minute looking at exposing people to heat. So we use hot tubs come into the lab every day for a couple of weeks and we measure some lovely biomarkers that I'm interested in before you get in the water and actually get out of the water after the 10 days time, so an hour a day for 10 days. Or we have home-based interventions where you can sleep in a hypoxic tent.
0: Hypoxic tents are usually used by athletes who need to perform at high altitudes. But what's that got to do with weight loss down here at sea level? Imagine like your
1: athletes, and some of you may have seen them trying to sleep in these hypoxic tents to increase their red blood cells. Well, if you take a healthy individual and you take them up a mountain and they sit still, they tend to lose lots of weight. And it's probably not because of the increase in energy they're doing there. They're sat still, but they do get changes in their hormones that regulate how hungry they are. So we think if we put people who are overweight into a hypoxic environment, it may shut off their drive to want to eat, so they may lose weight that way
0: just a quick caveat here ant would be the first to tell you that the key to dealing with type 2 diabetes is managing diet and exercise but for some keeping up an active fitness routine can be more challenging especially for those with physical limitations which brings us back to bubbling hot tubs in the lab
1: the labs are incredible to be honest they've come a long way since i moved to Portsmouth. The Extreme Environments Laboratory downstairs, we've got three bespoke laboratories. One of them is the cold chamber that goes like minus like 20 degrees centigrade. And you can have that hypoxic at the same time. So that means we can take some of the actual oxygen out of the air. Some of the other labs can go plus 40 degrees, plus 50 degrees centigrade. You can make those hypoxic, you can make those humid or not humid. So essentially you can replicate being in the rainforest or in the desert. And in one of our laboratories, we've got a flume built in as well. So essentially you can swim in the lab. So in that laboratory, you can make that hot, cold, hypoxic, you can have solar radiation. So essentially, you can replicate any environment on the face of the Earth and more extreme environments. So if you wanted to, you could swim on the top of Everest. So they're pretty amazing laboratories. And on top of that, some of the vascular techniques that we've got, state-of-the-art kit to measure whether or not we improve what you want to do. So you can see whether the blood vessel health improves, you can see whether biomarkers in the blood have changed. And Are they changing in a beneficial way that would help our
0: patients moving forward? With labs that sound that fun, it's unsurprising to find people queuing up to take part in the pioneering weight loss and health trials happening here. And the outputs of this research are already helping people in real life.
1: In terms of some of the hot tub stuff that we're looking at, we already released a paper last year showing that even just having a hot tub for one hour once will lower your blood pressure and act like exercise. So you get this increase in your heart rate, you get an increase in blood flow, and it also costs you more energy just to sit in a bath. So although it's a small amount, I think we showed it was 50 calories, just by sitting in a hot tub. For once, that might not be a lot, but if you did that every day for... Few weeks it starts to add up. So that's the sort of avenue that we're going down. But there's some exciting evidence already in the space.
0: And while we've had some fun with all this talk of hot tubs, flumes, and tents, there is some serious science going on here. And smart technology is front and center of this research. There are all sorts of different smart medical devices
1: already on the market. And where possible, we try and write all these research grants so we can play with the latest toys. And as scientists, that's what we want to do. Big kids, really. So we get to play with all these new fancy techniques. So, for instance, for some of the stuff we're using in my hypoxia trials, we've got these continuous glucose monitors. Currently on the NHS they're given to people who have gestational diabetes and also type 1 diabetes. And we use those devices. It's a little patch that you stick to the back of the arm and it will give us glucose readings very, very frequently across the period and it will stay on for two weeks so we can get very accurate readings of glucose for a whole 2 week period and all we do is pop it on the back of the arm press go and then you come back 2 weeks later and we blip it and it all downloads instantaneously down to the little reader that we have they can link to smartwatches as well so you can pick this up all the time other devices that we use so we have what we call accelerometers the little black watches and you just put them on the wrist they last very detailed amount of data for a week you can set them for a couple of weeks and Based on how fast you're moving and the angle of your arms and so on, the algorithms can pick up how well you're sleeping, how much physical activity you're doing, are you doing light activity, moderate, vigorous activity. And we can use those to see whether our interventions are making
0: people more active or sleep better or lots of things that can help people. Ant says it's exciting to work in a field that's so cutting edge. But this kind of research is not without its challenges. When studying a health issue as complex as diabetes, It's important to bring together expertise from across the disciplines. It's
1: genuinely quite hard to do extreme environmental research, which inherently has risks associated to it. So we've brought a team of world-leading extreme environmental physiologists together and clinical exercise physiologists together with clinicians from our local NHS trusts and with a body of independent medical officers which are screening our participants to make sure they're safe to do it. Putting all that together is quite a task,
0: so we're quite uniquely placed to take this forward. And also sees the potential for today's research to reach beyond the lab and into your own home, improving the quality of life for thousands, if not millions of people. Specifically around the
1: hypoxic tents, long-term, assuming they work, and I think they will, embedding these into new-build homes, like I can see a point with the environment Changing the way it is that most houses are going to move towards a place in which we have air conditioning. It's been so hot this summer, and we've all been like considering, you know, for those who are lucky enough to have a good enough income, like maybe I can stretch a little bit to some air conditioning, but embedding like a hypoxic system into that as well. So you just walk into your bedroom, you can't even notice the level of hypoxia that we're talking about, but scrubbing a little bit of oxygen may therefore have lots of health impacts. We talked about the weight loss, but it can also improve. We think lots of other things, including your gut health with it, which therefore impacts your insulin sensitivity and so on. But embedding those sorts of technologies together and building them into new homes, would love to see that down the line, assuming our work shows
0: what we think it will. It sounds like the technological breakthroughs at the University of Portsmouth Extreme Environments Laboratory are capturing public imagination as much as scientists and researchers. And it's exciting to think that the work Ant, his colleagues and volunteers are doing today may well inform some of the solutions developed in the future to address type 2 diabetes and the obesity crisis in years to come. Thanks for joining us for Life Solved. If you want to find out more about research at the University of Portsmouth, go to the website port.ac.uk. We'll be back next Thursday with another story of how work that's happening here is changing all of our lives for good. Catch you then.